Welcome to Predictions, the podcast about the future. My name is Konstantin. I'm here with my brother, Ingmar. Hi. Hi. Today we want to talk about Starship, recent developments and what it means for the future. Yeah. So when you told me last week that you want to talk about Starship, to be honest, I wasn't quite sure what you mean. I remember that SpaceX had a rocket that they called Big Fucking Rocket or BFR. Big right. Falcon Rocket, officially, yeah. Big Big Falcon Rocket, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did they rename it? Yes, and actually uh, Big Falcon Rocket was also the second name. So at first they called it Interplanetary Transport System or ITS, Okay. I think. And then it was renamed to Big Falcon Rocket and now it's called Starship. Actually, it's called Starship Super Heavy. So the first stage is called Super Heavy. And it's a little bit confusing because the second stage is called Starship and then the the entire thing is also sometimes referred to Starship, um, which is a little bit ambiguous. But yeah, they renamed it twice. Okay, and I remember they when they were presenting this, um, they were talking about city hopping, <laughs> basically using it like a like a worldwide airplane system. You can like travel from New York to Sydney in like two hours or something or one mm -hmm. hour and they were that was that seemed pretty out there and they were talking about getting into mars which uh as crazy as it sounds uh seemed the more reasonable suggestion of the two and um i am not really up to date on this so is that still the plan to use it to go to mars or do they have any more intermediate like any more immediate plans for that rocket yeah yeah so um first of all i think the um yeah point-to-point -point transport on earth idea i still that is i think that is still out there mm. um it's way out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think the idea is to yeah build a landing and start platforms out out in the sea like mm -hmm. on, on on the coast in front of big cities and then you can take a take a quick shuttle or i don't know a maglev train out there and um fly mm. from there uh i don't know i also i mean i don't know so much about that kind of stuff mm -hmm. uh, just my feeling is that it's not very realistic but anyway um so the other idea going to mars i think that's the fundamental idea why spacex is building starship and i think that's why elon musk wants to build starship and yeah but mm -hmm. now no more immediate goals are also getting to Mar um, to the moon, actually. So NASA is um, pushing their Artemis program right now, which is mm -hmm. yeah, the next the next moon program. And it's, it's quite ambitious and it's getting pretty interesting. And part of this is also that NASA is funding um, commercial partners to develop a landing system. And Starship okay. is also one of these of these systems which is developed uh, under NASA contracts. And I think the SpaceX this summer or in May, I think they also won a contract from NASA about uh, over 135 million dollars. So mm. yeah, that's that's just in some initial funding, but um, that's that's some more immediate goal they actually have funding for right now. Okay, that's really surprising to me because I've kind of been loosely following the development of this rocket, and mm. so like you know like a disinterested political observer and the, the thing that like I, I just kept seeing pictures of broken tin cans 
basically. Like, yeah. I mean, they're doing pressurization tests and then these things explode, which is completely fine, but it just looks so unfinished. It looks like, like they're building a hull and that's about it. And they're just putting some of their rocket engines in there. So it's like a garage project. Like that, that's how it felt to me. And it's surprising yeah. to me to hear that NASA already has invested into that and that they are funding this. Um, so that they're confident enough to give SpaceX money. I guess they don't have many options. but <laughs> uh, they, they actually have some options. And SpaceX is one of three different systems mm-hmm. that, that are developed, I think. Okay. Many more. Um, so there is, there is Boeing. There is SpaceX. Yes, um, yes. I, I, um, I'm, I'm not sure. I think there's there's also some cooperation with Lockheed Martin and others. I don't know actually know if Boeing is is part of such a joint venture or if they're developing a system themselves or not at all. I am so so one landing system comes from Blue Origin, <laughs> which is the uh, space company by Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. and then there's Starship, and then there's the third cooperation thing um i'm not okay i'm not sure now who is part of this right now um but so there are different um systems which are developed right now and the funding like spacex developed uh, spacex um received the least funding of the three so <laughs> nasa is not they're they not super invested in this you know 100 million dollars that's not that's not a lot for a, for a landing system so that's yeah. just some initial funding to kind of explore this possibility mm-hmm. but yes and to your point of yeah broken broken tin cans um yeah that also has to do with how spacex is developing starship right so they are just doing it in the open and they're they're developing fast and they're building fast and they are breaking things um yeah but they they are making great progress right they started they started developing the second stage one year ago and now the the first real atmospheric test flight of the second stage is imminent. So I think I think it is quite impressive. Um, and the reason is the reason why you get to see all those failures is just due to how SpaceX is is doing it. So the normal um, space industry way to do it would be to do it yeah, kind of hidden from the public, and they are not. There's a strong bias in perception, right? Yeah, but I think I think my my perception is not so much that they are having failures. This is not my concern, right? I know they're testing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what what's surprising me or what makes it seem amateurish to me from an outside observer perspective, right? I'm not in there, so that's why I'm asking you. But it seems kind of like I don't know that they're doing it on a field and they have some kind of like construction cranes they're using and the metal sheets the sheet metal they're putting on there looks a little bit wonky and mm. i think like once it tipped over because of wind <laughs> and it just seems like such a garage <laughs> project you know like not some you would yeah, expect yeah. that they spacex has a hangar for this kind of shit and mm. and that they have i don't know like i don't know i guess you don't need a clean room but like to me it seems yes, like yes. you should have like scientists in white uh coats uh, shuffling around a giant rocket in like a huge cavern and and they're just out there on a cornfield with some some i don't know some some cranes and and one of these like mm. you know like ex- extruding like window cleaning platforms <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems like with nail and hammer they're assembling this and i guess that's, yeah. that's not fair but it just seems so strange and I, I mean if i didn't know that spacex is such a such a powerful 
I ha if SpaceX hadn't been surprising me over and over and over and over again, I would probably be like, eh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, so so multiple points to that. First of all, <laughs> um, this is just their 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 way of this doing design iteration, right? Mm -hmm. um, so my my so for, <laughs> I'm ob ob obviously I'm not at all uh, an expert on aerospace rock uh, projects. But my impression is that they are kind of building the the uh, factory around around the product. So this is also how they how they iterate right now. So they started building those things out in the open, and now they're more and more building facilities. First, first there were some tents. Now they're building all those um, high base to store and um, yeah, I guess also assemble the mm. first and second stages in. So the factory is kind of growing around what they are building. And I guess you just have to see this as a new kind of design iteration. And I don't think that the ultimate goal of SpaceX is to, I mean, in 10 years or so, they won't be building Starship out in, out in the desert somewhere. They, they will, the goal is at least to have built a factory by then. Hmm. But right now, they, they didn't converge on a certain design, right? And I think the idea is to first do that and then build a factory which is optimized for that exact design. And then the second point is also that what is special about Starship is that it is made out of steel. Hmm. And there are a couple of engineering reasons for that, which have to do with strength at cryogenic temperatures and also cost, but yeah, so I, I don't really know enough about that to really assess how good of an idea that is, but at least it's something very new. And rockets so far were made of aluminum and um, carbon composite materials. And this mm. is of course much, much harder to work with, right? And this mm. is why rockets were typically built in clean rooms and um, now they're building a rocket out of steel, so yeah, basically all you have to do is uh, get your welding right, and uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, they f mm. finally they will end up in a factory. But right now, um, it is also due to the fact that they are building this out of steel that they they can do it like that in the first place. Well, yeah, I mean, let's talk, let's talk about the the design they're doing there in a minute. I, I just. Just to stick on this point for a little bit longer, you're right. Basically, they're trying to be, or like you could interpret it as being lean, right? They're trying to mm -hmm. iterate a hardware product, like a very complex product. And that means you don't invest, you, like you don't make your prototypes perfect, right? You build prototypes to, to answer certain questions that you have, but you, you don't try to make them, like they don't need to be pretty sometimes, or sometimes they just need to be pretty, but not work, etc. So mm -hmm. I, I see that. It's just, if you think about, um, I mean, cars are also made from steel, right? And yet you don't see car manufacturers. You don't even see Toyota or somebody who's been really leading the lean approach to manufacturing. Uh, you don't see them building cars in like little garages. Uh, I feel like a lot of these things that get drawn on the computer first. And then when they're pretty finalized, then they start building mm. them in, in specialized shops and something. Yeah, the, the point about like a good car is not a car that like works, but mm. a good car is a car that you can mass manufacture very well. Mm. So I think there are different design objectives. And 
Mm. Uh, when you develop a new car, I think a big part of it is how to mass manufacture it. So, yeah. you know, the, the, the factory is kind of more part of the product. So, yeah, it is, it is much more experimental, of course, to build the first fully reusable rocket. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's, that's hard to compare. Um, mm. Yeah, my, my, my feeling is that you shouldn't misinterpret uh, the fact that it, what they do looks so, I don't know, so... Uh, Amateurish. Yeah, you shouldn't misinterpret that for yeah, it not being a successful attempt. I, I think the time has proven over and over that um, SpaceX and their management is not to be underestimated. So Yeah, yeah. but I mean, as you said, the, the manufacturing methods, they are different from, from former projects like Falcon 9. Hmm. But I guess this also has to do with Falcon 9 not being made out of steel. What is Falcon made of? Oh, I don't I actually don't know. I think it's it's aluminium, but then they also have tanks which are made of out of carbon composite material. Yeah, so it's all much more complicated to work with, at least. And why steel? Is it still the idea that the steel would be like sweating water in order to achieve cooling? No. Or, or what was that? What was that? So the idea was, I think it was one year ago or so that the yeah the second stage right so so the second stage of every rocket needs needs to have a heat shield some mechanism to hmm. um bleed off uh, kinetic energy during re-entry without yeah just melting <laughs> and so the way that this is traditionally done is using using heat shields hmm. uh, which can be either ceramic tiles as uh, was the case with the space shuttle or what is much more common is mm -hmm. to have ablative heat shields, which just like mm -hmm. flake away material, which yeah, kind of carries the the energy away. You just burn and off something, and that kind of yes, that kind of ironically because you burn something, the area behind is cooler than if you mm -hmm. just heat something up that's non-destructive because the fire itself, like the destruction, takes energy, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And with, with the space shuttle, because the idea of the space shuttle was to be fully reusable. Um, or not fully, but the second stage was mm. meant to be reusable and it was in some sense, in some sense it wasn't. <laughs> so they didn't use an, an ablative heat shield because that's of course a one-time use then because then the material is gone and the thing is yeah, burned basically. So they used ceramic heat tiles, which just, I guess, have a high heat capacity and um, also uh, low heat conductivity. Um, so mm. it was enough to to yeah kind of get through the atmosphere. But then again, uh, the space shuttle only entered from low Earth orbit, right? So mm. it wasn't very fast. It wasn't so high up uh, in orbit, and so the velocities when it entered were much lower than, for example, the Apollo capsules when they entered from from a translunar uh, orbit. So what was the sweating thing? The sweating thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the idea, I think, was to um, have small pores, or mm. I don't know if pores is a word, uh, small openings in the in the skin of the of the second stage, mm. which uh, sweat out um, fluids. I think they were they wanted to sweat out some of the propellant, which then yeah gets evaporated away, and this 
mechanism then bleeds away energy. Why the propellant? Why not just water? I, I guess because, you know, you, you have tanks for the propellant anyway. So it's less, less, a less complex system to use the propellant, I guess. Mm, okay. So it's not, you know, you don't have the problem that it burns because there's, I mean, the temperatures, I, I don't know if that really plays a role, like chemical reactions at these temperatures. Mm. But um, yeah, so you just need something to push out there. I don't know. Maybe they also considered using water. But anyway, this idea has been abolished. So they, are, they also want to use ceramic heat tiles now. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> But okay, so so they need a second stage to be able to re-enter. So they're using ceramic, ceramic tiles. Mm -hmm. I remember the problem with the space shuttle was that these things needed to be checked every time. Yes, I assume SpaceX isn't saying that they are going to check them. So what's their argument for not having to check them? Yeah, I think I think this is where it will become interesting. So I don't really know to be honest. Mm. Um, this, the heat tiles were really what made the space shuttle super expensive. So especially especially after the Columbia disaster in 2003, where yeah, the orbital glider or the, the second stage of the space shuttle re-entered and then burned up in the atmosphere due to, I think, a missing heat tile or a heat mm. tile which wasn't like fixed in place properly. Um, after that, it... like. The, the space shuttle was so expensive to operate because each and every time they had to check every single heat tile mm. and they need, needed specialists for this and it took almost a year or so mm. and even though the second stage still was reusable uh, mm -hmm. it meant that the space shuttle was so expensive that it was basically not worth to i mean it, it would have been cheaper in many cases to just build a new rocket yeah. Not a new space shuttle, but a new disposable rocket. Yeah. So, yeah, that is going to be interesting because the approach that SpaceX is choosing is not fundamentally different from what made the space shuttle so expensive, or at least part of what made the space shuttle so expensive. But do they have an argument why they will not have to check every tile? Like, they just say, okay, we use better glue or our tiles aren't coming loose? <laughs> I think I think part of the idea is to have a less complex shape, right? So as mm. you said, Starship is basically a tin can. Mm. Um, so you don't have to have a customized heat tiles with very special shape for every single part of the of the rocket, right? The, mm. the, the, the thing about um, the space shuttle was that the second stage was a glider with, with aerodynamic structures and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and because back then you thought that's the only way to land a rocket, right? Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. this is also something interesting what, what SpaceX is going to uh, test for landing. But um, anyway, yeah, the, the shape of Starship of the second stage is, is much more simple. So they just can use the same shape over and over again. And I think mm. this is how they are hoping to cut costs and yeah i think they also they just want to work on fixing them properly in place yeah i think that's that's basically their, their approach now they they want to find a way to to fix the heat tiles to the structure in a way that they can be sure that everything works and they don't have to test it every time i i think this is going to be interesting this is also the part which i'm most excited about to learn um, what they're trying to do and I also um, am most afraid 
that it might eventually turn out to be more expensive than they're hoping. Yeah, I guess if you're if you're doing city hopping from London to Sydney, you don't want to like disassemble your heat tiles and reassemble them before the return flight. I mean, even if you are even if they are like standardized, it's <laughs> yeah. But I think if you're doing city hopping, you're at suborbital speeds anyway, so I don't think that. You know, it's not such a heavy duty um, mm. case, <laughs> so I I I don't know if you need ceramic heat tiles oh. in the first place. But mm. yeah, I mean, the idea is to have a fully reusable rocket which can enter from like from a trajectory coming from Mars, basically. Can't they break? Can't they just like like do an, like reentry burn, like turn around and slow yeah. down such that they get Leo or suborbital? They can, Speeds. but that's that's super expensive, right? Mm. I mean, you you have to bring all the propellant, and then you have this rocket equation stuff, right? That you get kind of a logarithmic saturation, so you can't just keep on bringing propellant with you, right? So because then also you have to uh, accelerate that that propellant before. So braking is just very expensive, and it's it's pretty neat that we have an atmosphere which we can use for braking. Like fundamentally, that's why we have um, we have heat shields. All right, yeah, yeah. I remember when they I remember when they did this presentation or when Elon did this presentation about the city hopping thing. And there was no second stage and first stage. It was just one huge mm -hmm. big fucking rocket, right? And like it seemed like they wanted to beat the rocket equation by just putting on more fuel. And now you're talking about a second stage. So has this changed? No, I, I guess for for the for the like point to point hopping mm. on earth i think there you don't need a second stage because the velocities are so small you, mm. you remain suborbital uh one stage is enough in this case mm -hmm. I, i'm not sure actually if they didn't use two stages in these animations but um if you if you are sure that they only used once i guess that's the explanation and if they're flying to mars they will use one stage to start and then on the return, they mm -hmm. will just use the second stage, right? From Mars back to Earth. Yes. And flying to Mars will actually be much more complicated still because even if you use both stages, you end up with not enough fuel in orbit to go all the way to Mars, mm. I think. So you have to start a second ro rocket, which is basically a tanker. Mm. And then you have to do a, a in-orbit refueling, which is also something that SpaceX will have to develop in order for Starship be to be viable to as as a Mars rocket, basically. And and this refueling you will have to do with people on board, right? <laughs> Just um, yeah, I mean you can also you can also say, okay, I have a fully tanked Starship in orbit, and then. You send oh. up a third one, and then you just transfer the people over there. Yeah, um, that seems yeah. more more uh, seems safer, but it doesn't seem like SpaceX. And then yeah. also for Mars, mm. um, once you got to Mars, it's true that only the second stage is enough to escape the gravitational field of Mars and head back to Earth. Um, mm. But you still need to have a fully refueled second stage sitting on Mars. So you will also need to produce fuel on Mars and refuel the starship second stage on mars or you have two other starships another <laughs> one that flies to mars and brings fuel and the other one to tank it in orbit and then you have yes, like yes i, I guess i guess rocks. if you start like 20 starships you can have three on mars with a little fuel left i don't know how it, how it works out <laughs> that's but what i'm saying yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think i think in principle that's possible right 
And mm -hmm. the point of, of it all is really that if you have a very cheap way, like if you have a fully reusable rocket where you basically only pay for fuel and operations, mm. um, yeah, that's, that's really a, like two orders of magnitude cheaper than today and really changes everything. Okay, so for me, if I think about this and summarize this in my head, it seems the only really big difference between any other, like, I don't know, SLS space launch system rocket is that this one is going to have, it's going to be made from steel and it's going to be uh, having heat tiles for the re-entry, whereas SLS, I guess, is made with traditional materials and how are they going to do re-entry, hmm. I guess, having some uh, ablative SLS, yeah. cooling. And yeah, I mean, I mean the, the the second stage of SLS is just discarded, so it just um, burns in the atmosphere, and then the capsule with the astronauts. Oh yeah, this okay. will this is then again mm -hmm. separate from the second stage. Mm -hmm. at, uh, like with with Starship, that's the same structure, but on SLS, it's it's separate, and the capsule, which is Orion in this case, um, enters and uses ablative uh, cooling. It seems like SLS is doing like. It seems like going to Mars is really, really hard. And it's like, we haven't never done it. Mm -hmm. And SpaceX is very good at making something that already works, like getting to the International Space Station or getting into orbit. It's going very good at making it more economical. I'm a bit doubtful of their ability to do something that nobody has ever done before, which is getting to Mars, while also handling these additional complications that they're introducing heat shield, steel, bringing the full second stage back, etc. For, for reusability. So it seems like they're trying to achieve something that nobody ever achieved and additionally make it harder for themselves. And I guess at the end, like in, at some point, once this has been once achieved, it makes sense because you want to make it cheaper. But I wonder if, they're, if they will be able to like do the second step of making it reusable before the first step of ever doing it yeah I, I wouldn't characterize what spacex is doing with the international space station as doing what has been done just better um, because i think the qualitative difference is really that they are really reusing the first stage and they are they're really good at it by now they're making something that wasn't reusable before reusable and that's a smaller step i feel like making something possible that wasn't possible before while also achieving reusability on the first try. Yeah, I think I think the difference is that going to low Earth orbit and to the ISS is possible without reusability. And going to Mars, I mean, is possible, but costs like $50 billion without reusability. But if you just go there once, if you just want to go there once, surely it's cheaper to do without reusability than with reusability. I'm not. I'm not sure. Actually, I, it it could be that development of Starship um, plus flying to Mars with Starship could turn out to be cheaper in the end than yeah, like quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if that will work so quick, but let's say quickly developing um, non-reusable rockets and going to Mars, right? But why? I think it's just if, uh, the fundamental. Like Mar going to Mars is so hard, and yeah, it's so yeah hard to reach basically. Uh, that mm. going there without reusability is just won't be feasible. I think that is what the last years have shown, right? That 
we are just not. No, the last years just have shown that we haven't managed to go to Mars yet, but they haven't shown that the only way to get there is with reusability. I, I don't think anybody wants to pay $50 billion to have a Mars program. I think, I think that, 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 that is the fundamental difference. It's surely going to be cheaper to make a non-reusable bottle than a reusable one. The argument for building a reusable one would be that, well, you can reuse it and then maybe go to Mars again or make money mm. some other way. And I guess if SpaceX is willing to take a multi-billion <laughs> loss on this, yeah. I don't think they will get... I, I don't know how they will get funding on a private market for that. But maybe. I mean, the world is crazy. Um, but assuming, assuming yes, okay, they're building their city hopping service and that's how they bootstrap the funding to go to Mars. Uh, then yeah, mm. that would be a way to get the funding. But I still think that the money they will eventually spend on going to Mars will be more than you would need to spend if you made... If they did something not reusable. Mm. But what I want to say is that I don't think it's realistic that anybody wants to go to Mars if it's not sustainable in some way, right? That you can at least have like two or three missions. Okay. And I think there's just no way that this will get funding without reusability because then it's just too expensive. And I, I think, I don't know if, if you would agree with this or not, but I think that's at least a hypothesis behind Starship. And this is also the kind of use case all the engineering decisions have been made around yeah okay by the way regarding mm. the city hopping service it, this seems completely out there for me like i'm not saying this will never happen but i'm pretty pretty confident to predict that this won't happen in the next 20 years i just like from regulations perspective from a risk perspective from a cost perspective mm. uh, I, I i just don't see that happening yeah, I guess I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it just it just seems very. <laughs> I I think it's it's just pretty crazy, right? And even if you're like fifty kilometers out in the sea, mm -hmm. I don't know. Up, I mean, you never know. But I also would say, like, my feeling is that this is not uh, such a realistic option, and I'm also not sure why why they uh, brought it up. Um, maybe just to yeah attract investors i don't know if they're actually believing in this and i also don't think that this is really what elon musk wants spacex to do right if you look at how flight like planes started existing in the world it was a very short time between the first flight ever and the first commercial flight and the first transatlantic flight so we're talking about maybe a handful of decades max uh, rockets have been around much longer than planes had been around when they became a mass product. So I'm not saying that we should discard the possibility of a revolution of travel. And I also think there is a market for getting to to like a very remote location very quickly, even if it's 10 times as expensive as a plane ticket. Though Concorde kind of proved that maybe there isn't such big of a market. But yeah, if they get um, if they make it cheap, I'm sure people will start using it. I just don't see that the technology is there yet. I when the brothers yeah. Wright were taking off the first time, also the technology wasn't there, and then planes developed very quickly. But rockets have been around for a while, and they haven't yet achieved that kind of safety and reusability that you would need for that. But reusable rockets haven't been around. <laughs> like there, there's no single like yeah. actually fully reusable rocket and also not refurbishable as this 
uh, as the space shuttle was, but truly mm. reusable rockets don't exist yet. And I think you, you have to see this as kind of separate products, right? Mm. I think I think uh, a non-reusable rocket has little to do with a fully reusable rocket because it's in a completely different ballpark in terms of costs per launch and cost per ton and all mm. that. Yeah, but I guess if you cannot make rockets safe enough that people are comfortable using it as a mass transport, I mean, like non-reusable rockets, right? Nobody would like get on even the Soyuz as a daily business travel because even the Soyuz is just too dangerous for that. May is also too dangerous, but first of all, it's too expensive, right? Yeah, but even if it wasn't, <laughs> right? Like, even if it wasn't just in terms mm. of danger, it's too yeah. dangerous. And it has been around for decades. So I feel like rockets have something in them um, maybe it's a lot of fuel <laughs> rockets have something in them that makes them inherently <laughs> more dangerous and harder to manage than flight and achieving re reusability isn't the same as achieving safety right and i don't think we are there yet yeah but then again we didn't have a fully reusable rocket yet and we didn't have this avalanche of like development about reusable rockets which would mm. be comparable to the development about airplanes around airplanes in the early 20th century mm. because rockets were just a different product and the private market was not so interested in it in the beginning and now it is also a very niche product um, mm. and I think there are just completely different dynamics once it has been shown that full reusability is possible right mm. and then you could see this fast development of um, like safety features which then like, like like in the early 20th century which enabled yeah. commercial air travel right i guess yeah you can make an argument that by making it reusable you bring it into an economic territory where it's not just for mm -hmm. astronauts and then you create pressure to create safety right yeah yeah fair fair point yeah i just feel like elon musk is very good at introducing alternative reality fields <laughs> like and sometimes that's very strong and very powerful and i think sometimes that just like people just don't go with him there right and i think mm. this is happening with autopilot where there's a lot of pushback on on tesla autopilot and there will be even more pushback when there are more accidents and i think a similar thing is with the city hopping where he's kind of he's kind of like Drawing this world where it just makes sense, but I don't feel like that's our world <laughs> yet. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I completely agree with your characterization of Tesla autopilot. Yeah, but uh, let's not get into this. I I agree that this is yeah. This is just that doesn't seem so realistic to me, mm -hmm. and I actually don't know if Elon Musk really believes into this. So I would. Like con confirm your prediction or agree with your prediction. I also don't think that this is going to happen. But what what I do think is going to happen is that Starship will just be used for yeah transportation to low Earth orbit and mainly satellites maybe. And I think it will be game changing even for that. Right. So if SpaceX was was only trying to build a fully reusable rocket to launch satellites to low Earth orbit or I don't know geostationary just to Earth orbit. Mm. Um, that would still be super exciting to me because it's really, yeah, if you compare the numbers, I think launching Falcon 9 in like partly reusable mode, right? So 
mm. using the first stage right now. Mm, I think that's about two million dollars per ton to Leo, mm. like more or less. And yeah, what SpaceX is trying to achieve with this Starship would be twenty thousand tons to Leo. Wait, sorry, twenty thousand dollar per ton? Yeah, yeah, sorry. And that's a factor a hundred. That's a lot. Yes, yes, and that's that's the point, right? I mean, even if they don't go to Mars, and if they don't like do the refueling thing and all that, if they just get the the reentry problem solved, and I think that's that's basically all that remains questionable right now. Mm. I think the part of it they they have shown, or uh, the rest of it they have shown, or is at least I don't expect it to be so um, difficult, but I don't know. Um, so I think if they if they show that they are able to re-entry the second stage and then don't have to refurbish it for a half a year uh, paying like $50 million, mm-hmm. I think this will already be game-changing and it will change the economy of low Earth orbit or Earth orbit in general. Yeah. We can just hope they put up so many satellites that they kind of keep out the sun and counteract climate change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for, for example, I, I, I think they're going to use it for Starlink. Yeah. Which would achieve that. <laughs> Speaking of blocking the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think Starlink will block the sun, by the way, just for the protocol. But yeah, I, I think this is already going to be interesting. And I think this is also the, the economic use case. I think this is this equally interesting as the point-to-point hopping on Earth. And probably more realistic. I think they will just replace Falcon 9 by Starship. Mm. And then yeah, if they if they get it done, they will be the only the only way to space in a fully reusable rocket. So they will be completely uh, without competition on the price. And they can have huge margins and they will make a lot of money. I think that's that's the realistic uh, scenario for, for the near future in like five years. Mm. If the market appears, right? Even if you're like the monopolist and you're the only one who can do something, people must want you to do this thing. Yeah, but I, I think I have a lot of things which I want to launch for $20,000 to Leo. Please don't ask what. I actually don't, can't think of anything. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there, there are people who are doing it for $2 million per dollar. So there will be people who do it for 20000 If the city hopping thing existed or let's say if i could travel all around the world within one hour and i think if that was somehow in a way that it doesn't completely destroy the world's climate i think that would be a really good thing enabling fast travel in the world makes travel a little bit less romantic but it brings people together and um (laughs) if you can see how the railways have kind of enabled nation states to grow together um, having faster transportation all around the world could help us shape a more of a world culture and that could maybe sh- help us achieve world peace or at least some kind of mm. world world government but like world governance you know where nations work together because they get closer culturally over decades and centuries yeah uh, by the way spe- speaking of uh, traveling without destroying the climate also one important point to make about starship is that mm, they're using the raptor engine for starship which is which is the like if it is going to fly i think it will be the first um rocket engine that is running on methane and liquid oxygen right 
The interesting thing about methane and also the reason why they chose to do it um, is that you can uh, synthesize it synthetically in a process which is, I think, called Sabatier, Sabatier process mm. um, from CO2 and water. Hydrogen. I think. CO2, hydrogen, and yeah. maybe there's some water yeah, involved. And, and, and the hydrogen you probably get from electrolysis on water mm. anyway so if you find water and you have co2 you can build a plant which only uh, using electricity oh. from solar arrays or so produces methane and this process is of course i mean it's it's not very efficient <laughs> as far as i know mm. but this is the reason why they chose a methane engine and why they actually developed raptor is that they want to be able to produce methane on mars mm. which has an atmosphere which is basically all co2 and also there's water on Mars, so that's perfectly suited for that. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, of course, um, you can also do the same thing on Earth mm. uh, because we are also have too much CO2 and we have water. <laughs> so that would be a way to enable climate-neutral air travel, right? Which is much harder to do with kerosene. Mm. I mean, it's in principle possible to do with kerosene, but kerosene is chemically much more complicated and you need... Uh, I, as far as I know, it, it is m much harder to to create or yeah synthesize synthetic kerosene yeah. than it is to. So if you want to make kerosene, you're starting with methane. So like you can synthesize methane, yeah. like you described, and then you, I think it's called Fischer Tropsch synthesis, yeah. where you then add even more carbon and make longer carbon chains, and you end up yeah. having liquid fuels. Yeah, but actually, um, if you're flying to Mars and the methane has been produced using solar or like like green electricity on earth you're actually climate oh yeah you're climate negative that's yeah. true <laughs> but 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 i think you you burn most of it in the first two minutes of the flight <laughs> all right yeah yeah because like when you burn the methane of course then you have co2 again right but if you burn it if you burn it outside earth yeah then yeah you could have solar panels <laughs> on the rocket i'm sure that would completely work out yeah. in terms of energy <laughs> and you're also water negative so you you also contribute to the lowering of sea levels. <laughs> yeah. And you also contribute to having less stuff on Earth. I guess that's also a noble goal. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. Like, I, I'm feeling a little bit anxious about reducing the amount of water on Earth. Like, what if we run out of it? Yeah, at least put it somewhere where, where you can get it back from, right? So maybe on, on the moon or so, find some crater. Yeah. And, then, and then if you run low on water, fly it back. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so so that's that that's an interesting point about Starship that I just wanted to make that they built the first, or I, I think there were methane engines before, but I think if Raptor is going to fly, it will be the first methane engine to fly, and it's also full flow stage combustion, and that means that the pre burner exhaust is completely reused in the combustion process, and yeah. Anyway, in the end, it means that Raptor is very efficient. So the mm. molecules shoot out at very high velocities, which is in the end is everything you care about in a rocket yeah. engine. Right? Mm. So that's about going to Mars. Uh, what's your prediction regarding this whole Mars thing? Is Elon Musk going to go to Mars within his lifetime and when? Um, I, I think it's going to happen, yes. I, I think it's, it will happen in, in 15 years. With Elon or probably without first and then later with Elon, right? I don't think he will ever go to Mars personally. I, I don't know. I, I actually 
to be honest, I don't care. <laughs> But I think in, in 15 years or so. Nobody would have bet that he's going to shoot a car into space. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a lot, lot to say about this man, but I don't think we should doubt his intentions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think shooting a car into yeah, trans-Mars injection trajectory, I, I don't think that's, that's anywhere as crazy as going to Mars. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I actually don't really care about if he's going to go personally, but I think mm. that uh, humans will, will get to Mars in 15 years. And I think that Starship will at least play a role in this, right? At, at least mm. it will kind of inspire some some path of developments which will eventually lead there. And I think that mm. that has already started. Mm -hmm. Is there anything I should know still about Starship? Something you want to tell me? Just a very up-to-date um, update mm -hmm. uh, is that Starship is going to have its first atmospheric test flight, so the second stage, um, yeah, in the coming week mm. or coming two weeks or so, unless of course it explodes first. And what they are going to try there is to fly to an altitude of I think 15 kilometers, and then fall back. And this is going to be very interesting because it will fall back like a skydiver. And do a, then do a crazy so-called belly flop maneuver to land. So this is going to be a, a very interesting firework to watch. So it will just it will just just have a parabolic, like fall, yes. and then just just try yeah. to like get out of this parabolic fall to like stop itself. It won't be parabolic because it will be like aerodynamically. It will try to mm -hmm. break in mm -hmm. the air with air brakes. And it will actually be on its on its belly, so to speak, mm -hmm. and then using aerodynamic surfaces to kind of s stabilize itself during its fall. And then, of course, it can't land on its belly, so very like very short before it lands, <laughs> it will it will turn its downside first, right? So it will it will put the flamey end down <laughs> towards <laughs> towards the um, ground mm. and. Yeah, then of course, because it has this movement, it will have to overcorrect this movement. And it, I, I think this will just be crazy to watch. And it also interesting if it works, but um, yeah. Otherwise we have another smash tin can. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Otherwise we have another crash tin can. Mm -hmm. But I think that that will be super interesting. And so maybe just as a heads up, uh, I would definitely watch this. Yeah, I will do that too. Okay, I think that's it, Konstantin, right? You tell me, like, uh, I know nothing about this thing. Like, you tell me if, you're, if you've said everything you want to say. No, I think that's it. Uh, we are very excited and we made our predictions no point to point on Earth and going to Mars in 15 years. Or I, I actually don't know what, what you think about going to Mars. <laughs> I just assumed you think the same I, 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 can, I can sign off on that. Like, 15 years seems uh -huh. reasonable. Yeah. I think Elon Musk is, is trying to do it in the in a, like, next window or the one after in like three years or so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think, yeah, add like a factor of five to this or so mm. <laughs> in 15 years. I think this will be realistic. Speaking of timelines that have been way off, as we have been recording this podcast, the first commercial flight has landed on a new Berlin airport. Oh yeah, that's true. For, I think yeah. from a Spanish holiday island. Very non-glamorous, but pretty cool that it has finally opened. Super excited. And they are also trying to, to build interesting things on the old airport in Tegel. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. If Berlin can build an airport, we can get to Mars in 15 years.
I think I think that's exactly what I wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, um, see you um, next next time we want to speak. Yeah. Let's not <laughs> overcommit here. <laughs> see you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.